And we're live on the Virtual Real Estate Investing Podcast. This is one of your hosts, John Plumstead. I'm here with my dear friend, uh, Mr. Adam Parsons. How are you doing today, Adam? Hey, I'm doing well, John. Thanks, Excellent. Thanks for having me. Yeah. Good, good stuff. We're going to be talking all single family. we got a bunch of... A uh, bunch of people in our Facebook group, the Virtual Real Estate Investing Facebook group, sent us questions and we're going to try to answer them today. How you feel? You nervous? You ready to rock? This is like your third or fourth appearance on the podcast. So I feel like you're like, you're like a pro now, right? Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely getting used to the uh, podcast formatting and so forth. So let, let's do this. All right, let's jump right into it. Question number one, do I need an LLC to invest in real estate? You do not need an LLC in order to invest in real estate, especially your first uh, deal or two. After that, I, I would probably suggest an LLC. I think there's going to be lots of these questions that I'm just going to be like, entrepreneur, right? Like the difference between an entrepreneur and a entrepreneur is an entrepreneur goes, I'm going to go make my first sale. I'm going to go make money. And a entrepreneur talks about all the red tape they got to figure out before they get there, right? Ultimately, when you're making enough money or you have enough money to hire an attorney, then do that. But if you don't have enough money to hire an attorney, this isn't legal advice, but I wouldn't worry about it, right? I would just go out there and get the deal done and, and figure things out because there's tons of entrepreneurs sitting on their couch every way, every day or you know that have never done anything. So get out there and do deals. All right, next one. What is the best way to build a cash buyer's list? Cash buyers list. Well, one, you can go to social media like you, uh, you know, in the virtual real estate group that you just found. You can go there and ask for cash buyers. Go to Facebook Marketplace and ask for cash buyers there. It really comes down to like, hey, do you want to get on our cash buyers list? Advertising deals on social media. And then you can use platforms like PropStream where you can source cash buyers from PropStream. I like it. The only thing I would add is there's another entrepreneur, entrepreneur thing is I see so many people trying to quote, build their cash buyers list before they get a deal. Like, dude, it's so easy to build a cash buyers list compared to getting a deal. The only reason you're focusing on that is because it's easier thing to do. So go find a deal and then worry about the cash buyers list. Would you agree? Yeah, for sure, man. For sure. Hey, a, a good deal, a good deal will sell. So excellent. Okay. Next question. Should I look at my primary residence as a real estate investment? No. Um, I, I would say it all depends on where you are. I did not look at it as a real estate investment. I looked at it like, hey, um, my livelihood is here. If I want a big backyard and I'm going to pay extra for it, I'm going to do that. Um, that's, that's my take when it comes to the primary residence. Yeah, I would say it's 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 a simple question with a complicated answer. Like, are you going to live there for the rest of your life? Is it a live in flip? Um, you know, it, your primary residence could be a great investment, could be a terrible investment. Um, it's a couple layers to that. Okay. Uh, next question. We're just rapid firing here. This is going to end up being like a, a four and a half minute podcast with twenty questions. I, I like it, but let's keep it up. All right. How do you calculate the potential profit on a real estate investment? Potential profit. Well, there's a few ways. I, I think it just depends on your exit strategy here. Um, is it cash on cash return that you're looking for? Um, is it you know the equity that you get in the deal? I think there's a lot of um, 
exit strategies like wholesale fee, um, fix and flip. It all really depends on what your what strategy you're looking to finish the deal with. What do you think, John? Yeah, I think you. Uh, there's a lot of different ways to do it. From simple, you could look at. Yes, it's a good deal for rental if it hits the one percent rule. Complex is you know, uh, monthly cash flows for the next 10 years, trying to anticipate a refinance in the middle and where appreciation is going to go and stuff, right? You can, you can go down a rabbit hole. Um, you know, uh, it also is why some people get in analysis paralysis, but predicting the exact potential profit on a real estate deal is, is really tough. And, you know, if, if you look at the study of finance, it's all about predicting future profit. It's it's hard to do. And there's a lot of different ways to do it. Okay. Um, how do you comp a property? Yeah. So I, I've been getting this question a lot too on my TikTok followers. I'm now on TikTok comping a property. So I, I like to use PropStream and Zillow as the apps that I use to go and comp a property. Obviously, you, you get the property and you want to find um, the vicinity uh, comparables that you're going to comp it to or compare it to. Um, and then I, I, go by square fo- I go by the square foot, the beds, baths. Um, if it's got a garage and a pool, you use houses with a garage and a pool and then three-tenths of a mile. I really just try to narrow it down to the neighborhood and find what houses that look similar, um, what they have sold for um, per square foot. How long does it take you to comp a property? Nowadays, uh, probably a minute. Um, Yeah, nowadays, probably a minute, especially if I'm just going to be chatting with the guy over the phone or gal over the phone, um, just a minute. And then before I give an offer, I give a really in-depth... you know, comp of the property, make sure I'm not screwing anything up. What do you say to the real estate agent? That's like, if you can comp a property in a minute, there's no way you know what you're doing. Yeah. I, I don't know what to say to that real estate agent. <laughs> I've, I've comped so many properties, um, probably 30, 40 properties a day. So um, I do comp within a minute. You know, I, I don't take into consideration necessarily like, um, you know, what type of faucet they have in their bathroom. Um, uh, at, at the end of the day, these are investment properties. So um, if I'm plus or minus 10,000, that's that's a good comp for me. Yeah. And I, I think one thread we can pull on a little bit there is when we comp, we're not actually trying to figure out how much the house is currently worth. What we're trying to figure out is how much a house in that market would be worth, right? So we're saying, hey, you know, if this was flipped and put to top of market, this is what it it could be worth. So we're we're making a judgment on the uh, the square footage of the house in that area, even more so than the house in the particular condition, because we're looking for the comp of how much could this be worth, and then the other piece of that puzzle is how much rehab do we think it would need to bring it there? Yeah, exactly. After repair value, that's that's what we go for. Um, next question. Does skip tracing actually work? Yes. Uh, skip what, tracing what is does this? work. What is yeah, it skip, first? Yeah, absolutely. So once, once you get your street address, you got to find out who lives there. Um, so there's different uh, platforms out there 
that will gather that data, whether it's their phone number, email, other property or mailing addresses. And yeah, um, it gives you all that data. So it's all out there. Um, and I, I think you said, how do you, how do you get it? Well, you use platforms like I, we used IDI, um, over the past year, but PropStream has skip tracing built right into the software, makes it really, really easy. And then, uh, yeah, it just gives you the phone number and the contact information for the, the property. Yeah, it absolutely works. It's not a hundred percent, right? If you put in a thousand, uh, names and phone numbers, you might get, you know, 80%, or if you put in a thousand names and addresses, you might get 80, 800 names and phone numbers back. And, you know, maybe 600 of those will actually be good, right? So it's, it's a numbers game, but it uh, absolutely works. Okay. So uh, what is the truth about wholesaling? That's a very broad question, but what is the truth about wholesaling? The truth. It's really hard. Um, I, it's really hard. I think anybody can do it. <laughs> we should, um, we should I, dig into that a little bit, right? Like it's so easy. Everyone says wholesaling is the easiest thing to do in real estate. I love how right off the bat, you're like, it's really hard, right? Like most yeah. people don't realize how hard wholesaling is. Yeah. Well, I mean, you're, you're competing against realtors and everything, um, in this space and other wholesalers. And because the entry level of wholesaling, um, is easy. Um, it makes it challenging because there's a lot of competitors out there um, and we're all going after the same distressed seller list and so forth. Um, when we, you know, do our cold calling and our prospecting methods. So that's what makes it hard. And then the market also makes it hard. It's a it's a challenging market right now. The housing market in itself is doing really, really well. Um, so buyers have um, some buyers. Um don't necessarily need to go through us as their first means. They can still just, you know, market their property on the MLS and potentially get full value for it. So um, as far as the truth of wholesaling goes, though, I do think that is a really loaded question. I'm, I'm not sure what they're going about. Um, I would just start off with it's hard. Yeah, but I agree. I Let's pontificate. Let's try to predict the future a little bit. And where is wholesaling going over the next couple of years? Is it going to be outlawed? Are we going to have to, get, is every wholesaler going to have to get a license? What are your thoughts on that? Yeah, I mean, we'll see in some of the changes over the past year with MLS data and so forth. You know, I, I do think um, wholesaling is going to become harder to qualify to get into. So I do think we're going to have to eventually get our real estate license in order to um, be wholesalers, um, you know, adapt and overcome. But I, I do think it's going to get be more difficult um, in the future. What, what do you think, man? I think a couple years ago, I definitely would have been against regulation. But seeing how the barrier to call the barrier to entry and the ability to call yourself a wholesaler is so low right now that I would welcome making. Um, wholesalers get a license. Actually, it seems crazy, um, but I would have no problem with it because we would just get licenses, right? So like, I'm not worried about our business model. I would love more deregulation in the housing market overall, but it's, I mean, it's a very complicated thing. And I don't know the second, third order effects of more regulation or less regulation. So it's, 
that's hard to say, but I think wholesaling will always exist, right? It's, it's, it's brokering, it's unlicensed brokering of, of deals, right? So it's, it's always going to happen. Um, so this question has to do, I'm, I'm kind of rephrasing it here, but this idea of real estate investing, you can make money with equity, with cash flow, with loan pay down and with taxes, but in wholesaling, you're missing a lot of that, right? So let's, let's frame it like this. Do you consider yourself a wholesaler, a flipper, an investor, a rental holder? Like, what do you consider yourself? And then, you know, are you open to all those strategies or how do you think about it? Yeah, um, I I would still consider myself a wholesaler. You know, that's the option right now in our company that, hey, if we can wholesale a deal, we will. Um, in 2022, we'd like to flip a little bit more. So I, I am going into the deal and in can I wholesale this and and or can we flip this deal? Um, that's how I'm going into to the deals um, this year. But ultimately, if the deal makes sense, um, you know, we, we would definitely um, go after it, I think. Yeah, I, I think um, wholesaling deal is the is the quickest money, right? Flipping would be like the next quickest. And then, you know, holding it longer term obviously would, would take longer. But I think if you have a deal and you have to decide, should I wholesale it? Should I flip it? Should I keep it long-term? Uh, part of it is specific to that house, but a big part of it is where your cash flows are, right? And we're a young young company that's still grinding it out, uh, trying to meet payroll month to month, right? So wholesaling delivers cash flow in the shortest period of time. So that's that's kind of the hamster wheel we're on right now, um, which is good, right? Like we got to be honest with ourselves and be aware and like, hey, that's where we are. But we're definitely, as we look at wholesaling, or I mean, as we look at commercial and storage properties, looking at, hey, how can we extend that timeline some, right? Um, this one says, uh, one of my friends did two wholesale deals and made 75K on each of them. That's it. But uh, let's talk big fees, right? We see this a lot too. People claiming they got 75K wholesale fees. What are your thoughts on that? Man, good good for them. I, I would say um, what they are not telling you is probably how much it costs to take that deal down. Um, there, there may also be some other cost involved in there. And then the, the markets, right? Like Seventy-five thousand dollars. They they might have got a seventy-five thousand dollar wholesale fee in San Francisco. Um, I don't I don't know that, but um, yeah, I think big fees are hard to come by. Um, again, specifically to this market, um, we're averaging between a, a ten and I, I would say a twelve twelve thousand dollar wholesale fee um, over the over the last year. So. Um, Big fees like that, they are hard to come by, but they I, I see them out there and I, I do think um, there's some truth to that. Yeah, I think you can get them, but I think um, you, it's really hard to get them consistently, right? Over a long period of time. Um, okay, uh, what about wholesaling from afar? We have all these people that want to travel the world. What do you think about someone wholesaling from Costa Rica? Uh, or, or we work with a lot of uh, Filipinos, right? What if a Filipino national wanted to actually wholesale properties in the U S what are your thoughts on that? Yeah, it, it's uh, you can do it. 
Um, you know, I've seen challenges, right? Um, we're, we're, we're working remote from the areas that we're, we've never stepped foot in one of the properties that um, we've wholesaled. So I'll, there's obviously challenges there, but it's definitely possible. You just got to wake up when your, your market is up and um, go into work and stuff and make sure that you're prospecting or you've got people in place to do that for you. But yeah, you can wholesale anywhere you want like it how do you find a good title company calling around uh i would say trial and error as well um you know what works for one person may not work for you and your company and um the system that you have going um and then just reviews like if the reviews are bad then just go to go to go somewhere else good couple more uh and we'll bring it home advice for someone to do their first deal advice. Yeah. Just, uh, one, don't start with the cash buyers list. John, John mentioned that earlier in the podcast, and then just try to find a great deal. Um, and you know, there's driving for dollars, there's cold calling. So you can skip trace or pull the prop stream list, distressed seller, go to your County records, get the list there, um, skip trace it, and then just get to work when it comes to actually calling those phone numbers. That's how you're going to find your, your first deal, but it's a lot of sweat. Let's talk price point. Some people specialize in the 10K houses. Some people specialize in the 100K houses. Some people specialize in the 500K houses. What are your feelings? My feelings, 10K is like Flint, Michigan, um, where houses are a dime a dozen there. And that's also going to be who your cash buyers are, right? They're looking for that $10,000 house. Um, I really like the $100,000 a house and up when it comes to wholesaling. So there, there's just more meat on the bone, I believe. Um, the the tenants, the cash buyers, um, everything is a little bit easier um, to deal with when you're, you're working in the um, houses that cost a little bit more. I like it. Let's do two more questions. One or second to last question, what's your favorite markets for 2022? Favorite markets? Well, we just pulled one of our markets in 2022. So I would say I would start off with Tampa. Um, We have yet to get a deal yet in long Tampa, but I feel really good about that market and the trajectory that's going. And then um, our other markets would be like El Paso and Fayetteville. Um, I, I think both of those will do very good um in 2022 what do you you think there's going to be any comeback in colleen fort hood bell county i do i I think there's a i think it's just um oversaturated right now with competition i i think it's really competitive there not saying that tampa and el paso is not but um we've done better in el paso and in fayetteville than colleen i would love colleen to uh take off again though good stuff final question uh, what are your current ger- goals for learning and what are you doing on kind of a day-to-day week-to-week basis to uh, increase your real estate learnings? Yeah, real estate learnings, I would say bigger pockets, um, getting in the forums more this year than I have in the past. Um, I was just talking to John prior to the podcast about advanced learnings. Um, my first couple of years, it was like that entry-level learning YouTube videos with you know, Max Maxwell and uh, 
uh, Ryan Panada and, and so forth at entry level. And now I just got to raise the bar when it comes to 2022. So reading more books, the um, uh, bigger pockets forum and so forth. Good stuff. All right. You got any questions for me? Or are we wrapping it up? Let's, let's wrap it up, man. All right. Good stuff. As your third, fourth, what do you know what number it is? Which episode this is for you? I think it's uh, my fourth. Number four. So number four, bring it to a close. I, I mean, I'm partial, but I think this was the best yet. I think it was a good episode. Uh, some good questions. If you got more questions, uh, go to our Facebook group, virtual real estate investing. Um, check us out on social media. I am at John Plumstead on Twitter. Uh, what's your TikTok, uh, Adam? We're trying to grow, grow your TikTok right now. What's your handle there? Yeah. TikTok is going to be REI with Adam. Um, I guess at TikTok, but uh, catch me out on TikTok. I'm posting there daily. Awesome. Thanks for listening. Take care.